Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can be the most beautiful person in the world, and everybody sees light and rainbows when they look at you. But if you yourself don't know it, all of that doesn't matter. Every second that you spend on doubting your worth, every moment that you use to criticize yourself, Is a second of your life wasted? Is a moment of your life thrown away? It's not like you have forever. So don't waste any of your seconds. Don't throw even one of your moments away. See, Joy Bell, see. back to another coffee talk for today's video I wanted to do a coffee brew with you guys and okay coffee brews don't really have a definitive just topic that we have to talk about it's really whatever we used to do coffee talks with they're very open they're very generic and I feel like I kind of had the concept of tying them into things that I personally feel like I myself have gone through or life stories or things that are going on in the world, but also just general topics and things like that that don't really fall into the other like decaf cosmics or espressos. And so that's why today we're going to be talking about the idea that you only need one specific thing in order to overcome any kind of heartbreak. And when I say heartbreak, I definitely am referring to romantic heartbreak, but heartbreak can come in so many different forms. So this can be the loss of a job or a dream that you were really betting on. It could be the loss of a friendship, 
things going wrong in your family life. It can go even as far as being like financial status or social status, so many different things. Like we experience actual loss and heartbreak in our lives when eras or chapters or moments of our lives that we really enjoyed, that we really loved for whatever reason, which can can be people, but can also be all of these other factors of our lives. It's when we lose those things and then in, in turn lose our confidence and feel like we've lost ourselves in a way. I don't know. This is a topic I really want to talk about because I myself feel like I lost or have given up a lot of things in the last year or so. And through that, I feel through my experience, I've narrowed it down to one thing that you need in order to overcome any kind of hardship or any kind of heartbreak through anything you might be going through in life. So first things first, what is the one thing? The one thing that you need in order to overcome any kind of hardship or any kind of heartbreak or any kind of loss in your life is self-worth. Self-worth, if you look up the definition on Google of self-worth, it literally comes up as another word for self-esteem. So then what is self-esteem? Self-esteem is having confidence in your abilities, it's having confidence in your worth, and it's having self-respect. So how do we use self-esteem or where does it go and how do we get it back? We're going to go over all of those things, but first things first, we need to know exactly what self-worth is, what it looks like, what it feels like in order to know how to use that ingredient. You know, like if you were to think of your life as a soup and you're in the kitchen and you're cooking up your soup, you're not going to grab ingredients you don't already know. So that ingredient might be there. It probably is there. It's there for all of us. Actually, we're all born intrinsically worthy and valuable, but we sometimes run away from these things or we put our spices, if you will, by putting our self-worth and our self-value in other things because truly I believe it comes from the mindset of scarcity and lack and feeling unsafe in today's world, which is a very emotional subconscious thing that we can talk about another time or else I'll fall down a wormhole. But we're seeing a lot of people, including myself, I've experienced this. We've all experienced it probably on some level where we've put our joy, our worth, and our value in something else, almost for safekeeping. So that can come in the form of a relationship, a job, a social status, a financial status, money, material things. We're seeing a lot of that in today's world. Um, Even just, like I said, social status, it can even be having a presence online. It can be being a musician. It could be so many different things like that. And then when that job is taken away from you or that thing breaks up with you or that friendship goes south or your family falls apart or you move away from that town that you identified with almost in a way, you feel like you've lost yourself. And yeah, so in order to use that ingredient, in order to bring that one thing back in so that you can use it as your anchor to make it through this season of loss or of heartbreak, you need to know exactly what your self-worth is. So let's start with the first pillar of self-esteem, which is worth. And in order to know what worth is, it's the ability to know that you have intrinsic worth based for the fact that you're even just here. The fact that you exist, the fact that, you know, if you actually step outside of yourself for a moment and look into your life, look at how worthy you are. Like you have a body, you have a mind. It's, it's appreciating who you are in a lot of ways and not because of what you can do or what you can give, but just solely for the sake of being. In a lot of ways, worth 
comes from loving yourself in the same way that a mother would love a child. And that's a really good example of the kind of love I'm, I'm referring to. So if you're finding it hard to know your worth, love yourself the way you would if you were your own child or you were your own kid or best friend or anything like that. Like if you were to think about who you were when you were little, anything like a lot, there's so many different practices you can use in order to rediscover your worth. Uh, again, I can totally fall down that wormhole another time, but worth is understanding regardless of what you believe to be true about yourself, that you are worthy because you are here, just because you exist and you don't need to do anything else to earn that worth. The second pillar is abilities or your capabilities, what you're, abili- what you're able to do and the things that you're capable of. And this ingredient of self-esteem and self-worth comes from understanding that you contribute to the world just solely for being you. And yes, that can come from things that you do and accomplish, but it also just comes from sharing your energy and your ability to light up a room, your ability to do the things you love and your natural traits, the natural things that make you you are the things that you are capable of and have an ability for that maybe not everybody else has, or it's a different ingredient. Everybody's ingredients are completely different. So it's understanding that you've already made some pretty good soup where you got it, you know? Like you've already got your ingredients in there and you've got ingredients that some other people have and some other people don't and you're making wicked soup because you're able to. So it's understanding that you are capable and able to do things and understanding that that includes your interests, that includes your hobbies, that includes all of the different little things that make you you and make you able to do the things that you're capable And then the last pillar in self-esteem and self-confidence and self-worth is self-respect. That was a lot of self-words, but self-respect is, again, I I believe that self-respect is taking care of your body. It's living by your values. It's by just taking responsibility for your life, including not just physically, which would be eating healthy, getting good sleep, drinking water, but also like spiritually, soulfully, and mentally as well. So taking mental breaks, meditation, all of these things. I'm explaining things that I consider to be self-respect, but again, your soup might be different. Your ingredients for these things might be different. It might not be meditation. Maybe for you, you find self-respect and taking care of your mental health to be going for walks in nature or painting. Like there's so many different ways that you can take care of these things, but it's really just having the respect to show up for yourself and take care of yourself. So how do we regain that sense of self-worth? Where do we find it if you feel like you've lost it? My best advice is to always go back to a time before this loss was a loss, before this loss was even a gain. So let's say you're using a relationship for an example. If you think back to a time before this person was ever even in your life, then what were the things that made you feel really good during those times? What were you doing? How were you living? Just go back to a time in your life where you felt a very strong sense of self-worth and just become curious about what your life was like then. And this is not because you want to mimic an old part of your life. We're not going backwards, but we are It's really interesting when you think about your life like this, if you think about your history like this, you have collected data of living for however many years you've been alive on this planet. And so look back at your data, look back at your experience and see what's worked for you before and 
learn those lessons because that's really what history and life experience is meant for or is teaching us. So look back in your life before you felt this loss or even its gain back before that relationship, back before that job, back before you even had that dream and ask yourself what were things that were making you feel worthy at those times? What things made you excited to jump out of bed in the morning? What things did you appreciate? Did you enjoy? What memories really like make you feel warm? What kind of ways were you living your life? What habits were in your life? And again, this is not, I want to reiterate that this is not to recreate your past because then that's just going to keep you stuck. But it is in order to gain good insights so that you can find inspiration with working with the ingredients you have now to works with something similar. It's almost like if you were to think of our soup to be a recipe passed down from another time or another person or a grandma. You're using grandma's recipe because you know it's good, but you're working with the ingredients that you have right now in the here and now in the present moment. This is why I love journaling so much. And if you don't already journal, I, I highly suggest looking into it, seeing if it's something that you could enjoy and you don't have to do it there. Again, there's so many different ways you can journal. You can do it virtually even, but journaling is really interesting because you can actually go back to those times in your life and see exactly what you were thinking, how you were processing life, how you were looking at life. What was your perspective on the world? What was your perspective on yourself? What were the things that you were enjoying? If you journal these things, even right now, then future you will be able to go back and reference these things. So I just love it so much. I feel like it's such an easy way again to gather information and keep a backlog of your life experience so you can actually go back. But another really good way too, if you don't journal, go back and look at pictures from that time. Go back and and give yourself any kind of sensory memory of a time where you felt full of self-worth and self-value and then your brain will do the rest. Like the minute that you look at something or you taste a similar coffee, go and take yourself, I mean, we're in isolation right now, but order yourself the meal that you used to love eating at that time or listen to the music you loved at that time. Burn a candle that's the same candle you burned at that time. Scent is actually our number one trigger for memory. It's our deepest connection to our memory. So things like that are going to wipe the dust off that era of your life and you'll be able to remember a lot of the things that were working for you then. And then the last quick thing I'll say about doing this practice is this is also, if anything, perfect proof that you didn't lose anything from this loss because you were already complete and full and whole before this was even a gain. So again, it helps your mind wrap around the fact that nothing was taken from you. You didn't lose anything. Your life is just changing and you are still anchored deep down inside of you, inside of there. (laughs) There's three more steps, three more main things I want to talk about in terms of finding or keeping or sensing your self-worth. But really quick, I'm going to leave you guys with some of the sponsors that brought you guys today's Coffee Talk podcast episode. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Here's another practice you can do if you're looking to regain your sense of self-worth or self-value after a loss in your life. And this is to give yourself a bird's eye view. Look at the bigger picture. And this is one of my favorite things to do ever. My favorite practice is to go back and talk to eight-year-old me and then to go into the future and talk to 80-year-old me. And these are things that, again, you can do mentally or you can do journaling. But you've got to think of it like this. Like eight-year-old you gave zero what's a very, what's a PG-13 I could use? Let's say Fs. Eight-year-old you gave zero Fs about anything. Like eight-year-old you is curious. Eight-year-old you wants to just get out there in the world. They're fearless. They have nothing holding them back because they're young and they don't necessarily know or haven't experienced a lot of kicks yet. You know, kicks to the gut, kicks to the heart, kicks to the throat even. Uh, you, when you're eight, you don't experience those things. So you're still so fearless about going after things. So talk to eight year old you and ask advice from eight year old you for whatever loss you feel like you're going through. If not, then go to eight year old you and ask what is a good idea to keep your mind occupied in the meantime. What did you love to do when you were eight? What things made you excited? What feelings made you feel cozy or at home or safe within yourself when you were eight? Because again, that is part of the data you've collected throughout life. And those, when we were children, when we were kids, so much of our self-worth was being rooted at that time. And even if, and, and let me clarify that it's very rare that nobody wasn't affected by something in their childhood, but even if you were affected by something in your childhood, uh, totally normal, but it doesn't mean that it completely trampled your self-worth. There were still things you loved and enjoyed and life was still fresh and experienced like new to you at that age. And then when you go forward to 80 year old you, big surprise, 80 year old you also gives zero Fs and also wants to tell you right now to stop giving so many Fs because I don't know the actual study that was done, but I recently heard that the number one thing that 
most people said when they were about to pass away or die when asked, do you have any regrets or, if, or if, what is one thing you would go back and do again or tell yourself or anything like that? And the number one answer was, I wish I could go back and tell myself not to care so much, to stop worrying, to literally stop worrying. So 80 year old you wants you to first of all, stop worrying. You're fine. You're going to be okay. Uh, an 80 year old you is also so wise. So as weird as this sounds, because you're not 80 year old you yet, if you get quiet enough and ask 80 year old you what they think about the situation you're in right now, there is deeply embedded wisdom in you that will come through and it knows that you're going to be okay. And you're going to want to fight it because perhaps you don't want to take responsibility for making yourself feel valuable, which is a point we'll get to in a moment. But it's very interesting when you dip into that deep intuitive wisdom inside of yourself and realize, holy crap, like I actually, I know I'm going to be okay. Like I know that this is hard. It doesn't discredit it, but you know that you have wisdom inside of you and you know that this is just kind of part of the journey and 80 year old you is like laughing because it's like, oh, this is a life lesson that you're going to learn, but there's still so many lessons, so many good times, so many things you don't even see coming yet. What taking a big picture approach does is it reminds you when you step away from the canvas, we're flipping our soup into canvas now, um, that you are a work of art. You are literally a work of art in the making and your whole life is the making of that art. So yes, this was a painful loss, definitely, but it was just a brushstroke on your canvas. And when you back up talking to eight-year-old you and speaking with 80-year-old you, you can see the bigger picture, how this brushstroke might feel painful or seem very vivid and bold when you're zoomed in on it. But when you look back at your whole life, at your whole life canvas, at the art that you are and the art that you're making and creating just by living, you'll understand or you'll have a better ability to grasp the idea that this isn't the be all and end all. And the canvas, again, it can't be taken away from you because it is you. And so retap into the value of having that canvas and the worth that you are paint, like as a worthy painter of painting that canvas. I'm really trying to run with this metaphor right now, but it's just the idea that talking to past you, forward you, or just zooming out on your life, it is such a good reminder that you are a, a piece of freaking art. Nothing was ever taken from you. It was just merely adding to your art. It was adding to your canvas and nothing is permanent. You can paint over that. Eventually you might paint over that. You don't know. So you are just, you are a piece of art. Never forget. Okay. Another big reminder for going through any kind of heartbreak or loss and feeling like you're trying to keep your confidence and keep your sense of self is to understand that your value is never in anything external ever, 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 ever. And we've touched on this a little bit, but I want to dive deeper into the concept of non-attachment. And I have a whole coffee brew, by the way, sectioned out right now for the idea of the difference between not caring and not attaching. And they are two very different things, but I'll brief it really quickly here. It's not about not caring. It's not about turning yourself numb. And again, you've probably already done this before in your life and, and be very honest when you look back on that phase of your life of being like, whatever, I just don't care. I'm just going to like, I'm just going to not let it phase me. Like I'm a cold bitch. <laughs> like that mentality, which is a very tempting mentality to take when you feel hurt, that mentality probably didn't lead you anywhere great very quickly. Um, at least not deeply like healing in a deep healing way. It may have led to 
uh, some interesting experiences in life, but it might, it never really made you feel better. I'm going to take a wild guess and go as far as saying that it never really actually made you feel better. It just numbed it out or prolonged dealing with the pain. So it's not about not caring, but it is important to not attach. The difference of not caring and not attaching is understanding that you hold space for exactly how you feel without jumping on the ride. You know, it's the idea of I feel, insert however you feel about the situation. The non-attachment part is understanding and holding space for that feeling without getting involved with it, without jumping on board. It's, I feel this and that's fine. That's okay. It's the concept of not caring about caring. That's the loophole. It's almost like a, a, a mind trick in itself and it's not getting emotional while allowing yourself to feel emotions. It's understanding that this is, again, it's part of the experience. When you're anchored deep down inside of yourself, if you were an ocean, we've now gone from a canvas to an ocean, um, you are at the deepest part of that ocean. And up on top on the surface, the waves might be going crazy. It might be sunny some days. The stars might come out and you might get dreamy on some nights. You might have some nice sunsets. You might have some torrential downpours and some thunderstorms and lightning. But that's okay because that's all on the surface. That is part of the ocean's experience up here. But you are in the deepest part of the ocean and you can always return, return. I was going to say retreat and return, but both of those things, you can return and retreat to that deepest part of the ocean at any time because that is the seat of your soul. That is you at your fundamental core. And knowing that and allowing yourself to think, okay, I feel like this. I feel like my life is in upheaval. I feel anxious. I feel like I miss this person. I feel like I'm upset about what I did. It can even be if it was a part partially your own mistake. It can be so many things. Like, I don't know how you feel, but you can feel whatever it is. You know how it is. You know how you feel. So it's holding space for that feeling without letting it shrink you in or shrink you back because of fear. Again, that sounds so easy in concept, but to actually practice that theory is very difficult. And I don't know if it's something that you actually, I mean, I hope it's something that we all master eventually, but it is a practice. It is a literal practice of not shrinking away in fear while allowing space for that feeling. And you don't have to hold on to that feeling all day, every day, like squeeze its hand. It's allowing yourself to feel it, get close to it understand it, respect it, like respect how you feel. Like don't turn your back on yourself now while you're experiencing all of this experience. Respect the experience, respect the feeling, hold space for it, but don't attach to it. You're not going to go to the top of the ocean and ride the crazy waves unless you really want to, because sometimes that turns into really good music or books or art, you know, but if you don't want to use it, let it just sit there. So the last thing I'm going to talk about is how to take back your self-value, how to take back your confidence. But before I do that, I'm going to leave you guys with one other quick little mid-roll break. So let's talk about how or exactly yeah, how to take back our self-value and how to take back our confidence. Again, it's another tricky topic. I'm trying to get really good at not going on too many tangents because I know that these coffee talks end up turning out to be very long and could be split into so many different topics. But again, if there's ever anything you guys really want me to go down the wormhole of, let me know. But in today's world, it can be very, very easy to take your self-worth, 
to take your self-value, to take your joy, to take your confidence and put it in other things. You know Harry Potter, how Voldemort puts pieces of his soul in different Holcruxes and then hides them everywhere so that he can never die? In a lot of ways, that's what our lizard brain does. That's what our survival brain does. It thinks, okay, I'm not safe here. Like, I'm, I'm threatened by whatever I'm threatened by. We're all threatened by different things. So I'm going to put little pieces of myself into other things so that I, if anything happens to this thing, I still have that thing. You know what I mean? Like, my soul is broken into all of these places, so it's fine if anything goes wrong, I have like a backup plan. And this is not something we consciously do. It's very subconscious and it goes down to a whole other avenue, which is where I'm not going to tangent today. But the idea of even the world that we live in is framing ourselves or framing our brains or training us in a lot of ways to do that. If you look at commercials, like beer commercials, for instance, it's like, Buddy in the beer commercial looks real confident. He's got all the hot girls around him and he's having a good time on a nice summer day, okay? And that just told your brain that drinking beer around pretty girls and, you know, it being a nice hot summer day is the idea of being confident. So, or being confident. So we do live in a world where we're constantly bombarded with messages that to be confident, to be worthy, to be valuable, you need to buy these things. You need this material gain. You need this, even just again with like online and social media, there is that dark side of social media where it's like, you're not valuable unless you have thousands of followers or you're not valuable unless you have a bunch of content or things to post about or a bunch of just material things. Like I, I don't get me wrong. I love the Kardashian styles and stuff. Like I'm very inspired by it, but Everything has two sides, you know what I mean? And you can gain inspiration from something, but at the same time, it's a slippery slope between inspiration versus, okay, now I need this in order to feel intrinsic value. And that gets really tricky if you don't have that self-awareness, which is exactly what we're talking about now. So how do we take it back? I want you to know that I'm going to say this and then I'm going to, I'm going to fix it after, but it's to take responsibility for it. And the reason why I want to fix that is because I want to, again, make it very, very known that if you put your self-worth or your value or your confidence in anything else, it's not about feeling bad about that. Like that is so human. It's so normal. And it's not something that you need to feel an urgency to fix. It's just a matter of becoming aware of that so that you can take that responsibility back. And it doesn't need to be a big burden or hard work by any means. Really just going back to those three main pillars that we began with. So uh, you can take whatever loss or heartbreak you feel like you've gone through and go back to those three main things. What are you capable of doing? What self-respect are you giving yourself and how valuable do you believe yourself to be? And again, you can put those things into actual practice, which would be, let's start with values. I recently read a book. It was, it's called The Minimalist Way. I highly recommend it. It's an awesome book. I listened to the audiobook, but one of my favorite projects from that book was she puts you through this project of discovering what your values are. And I did something similar in Sacred Powers by David G, but I liked the idea of throwing just a bunch of values on a piece of paper, then chronologically ordering them in the sense of what is most valuable or what is the highest priority for you. And this can take a few days, by the way, you don't need to nail this overnight, but if you can find your three main top values to live by, you're allowed to have more than that, but three is so easy to remember. Three is so easy to come back to anytime you feel that 
feeling of, you know, I'm missing my self value or I feel like I am cutting myself short in a lot of ways, then what are those three values that you're missing for? If you guys want an example, mine are love, inner peace and purpose. So whenever I start to feel insecure or like my self-esteem is taking a hit, like I'm not showing up for myself, like I'm shrinking in fear. I come back to those three things. What's missing? Do I feel like I'm belittling my purpose or not showing up for my purpose? Do I feel like I've given away my inner peace or am ignoring my need for inner peace? Or do I feel like I'm not being compassionate towards myself or to other people? Or do I feel like I'm not activating my passions in a way that I feel like I'm, I can create because that falls into the love category in my books. So those three things are super easy to go back to anytime I feel that feeling, but yours could be self-discipline. Yours could be compassion. Yours could be family. There's so many different values. Like again, we can do a whole coffee talk on it. Let me know, but I won't go far too far down that tangent wormhole either. But values or knowing your value can very easily be tied to knowing what values you live by. That's how you put your value into practice. That's how you show up for yourself in your most valuable self. And you show up for your worth and you take responsibility for your worth when you live by those standards and you create those standards, like write your standards down. If this was coming from a work situation where you lost out on a job, but it was because they weren't treating you well, you weren't being treated with the respect, you weren't, you weren't feeling like you were being seen at this job then write new standards for your next job. If it was a relationship that ended, write new standards that you're going to live by, write new values that you, okay, the difference between values and standards are values are what you internally live through and by, and standards are what you accept from the world, what you accept from the outside coming in, and values being what you accept from the inside going out. So write down your standards, write down your values, and there's your worth. There you're never going to have to question or allow, in a lot of ways, your emotions to take the, take the wheel and drive the car again and choose to drive off the road and take you down a path you don't want to go or, you know, accept treatment that you don't deserve. And then last but not least, it's taking back the responsibility for your self-respect and I, I want to emphasize that this includes having fun, that this includes doing things that you enjoy. And this is why we looked back at times where you may have already felt that feeling of self-worth before, because a lot of the times when you do look back at those times, you're going to notice that those times were when you were enjoying life, were when you were having fun. It was when you were not bombarding yourself with so much pressure a lot of the times it's usually when we were actually feeling very free that we noticed that our sense of self-worth was strongest again i can't speak for everybody but then that's a very generic thing to say to generalize at least everybody under that but i would take a wild guess that you probably felt best the last time you felt free the last time you felt free of having to put so much weight in how valuable you feel and how confident you feel in so many external things and instead felt free to just live as you are, who you are, without being tied up into so many things. And again, that's the beauty of non-attachment because it goes both ways. You're able to say, I feel sad and free yourself from that emotion while holding space for it, just in the same way that you can do with joy and happiness and 
other things too. So when things are going really well, when you do get that dream job, when you do find your dream person, your other half, if you will, when you do stumble upon some money in your life or something happens where you blow up and become internet famous, like anything like that, again, you've already pre-wired yourself. You've already trained your brain to respect and honor it without attaching to it so that if Again, because life is always going to continue to paint in that canvas. The soup never stops cooking. So if along the way you lose that thing that you then gained, that you haven't even gained yet, you already know that you didn't attach to it. It's just, again, a part of the, the flux and the flow of life, the rise and fall of everything and the cycle of existence, truly. So as long as you have that anchor of self-worth inside of you, you will be able to overcome any kind of loss, any kind of heartbreak, or any kind of monumental gain or stroke of luck that then could turn into loss or heartbreak because nothing is permanent. And I know that that sounds, this is a very morbid note to kind of leave this on, but it's not if you look at it as a very freeing perspective to have on life, that nothing is permanent, Um, but your self-worth should be and your self-value should be. And those things should give you your self-esteem and confidence in a lot of ways. And these are all of the ways that you can find that feeling and take it back for yourself. Because I'll reiterate real quick before tying this up that the two most valuable resources you have in your life are time and energy. And it would be such a shame for you to waste any more of it not feeling good in your life, or at least not feeling content not attaching to the good, but just at least feeling content in who you are and in yourself and knowing that even when good things come and even when good things go, you still got you. You're anchored deep down in there and you're down for the ride. You're down for the experience. So there you guys have it. That is the one thing you need in order to overcome any kind of loss or heartbreak in your life. I hope that this brought you guys some kind of comfort or piece of knowledge or insight or inspiration or anything of the sort, or even just a cozy friend to hang out with you for, I don't even know how long we've been filming now, but quite some time. Aside from that, I will talk to all of you guys in the next Coffee Talk. Bye guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.